Welcome back in everyone to a fantastic new Whisper in the Wing from Stage Whisper. We are so excited to bring you today's episode as we are bringing you the third and final show that's part of the Spark Theater Festival. And today joining us, we have the actress Alexis Fishman and the director Amanda Brooke Lerner, who are part of the show and Bean Frank, which is playing now through October 29th at the 28th Street Theater, also known as Tada. And you can get your tickets and more information by visiting emergingartisttheater.org. We are very excited to be bringing you this show because as I'm sure you've already heard, the other two shows that are part of this festival are fantastic. This is going to be a great conversation. And with that, we're going to go ahead and welcome our guests on. Alexis, Amanda, welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you, Andrew. We're thrilled. Thank you. So, so happy to be here with you. I'm so excited to have the two of you here and to be talking about this great show and being Frank. I want to start with you, Alexis. Alexis, you are portraying the role of Anne Frank. Can you tell us a little bit about what this show is about? Yeah, so this is a a speculative piece whereby we watch Anne Frank rewriting her entire diary as she's dying in Bergen-Belsen because she has suddenly realised that her diaries have been left in the annex and she does not want anybody to, God forbid, read that diary and believe what she wrote, which was that people are really good at heart, which happens to be the sort of, you know, the most oft-quoted line of Anne Frank's journal and what what the incredible, our incredible playwright, who I, I hope to talk about, uh, more about as as we go on what what he's done is really sort of you know questioned this this sort of idea that that Anne Frank is is held up as this beacon of grace and forgiveness and love but really you know her 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 diary ended before her story did and so this this play kind of explores what 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 she might have done had she continued to write and also with a sort of a really kind of very cute and very poignant and important sort of extra character that I play which is the the very sort of fancy New York City editor that uh, she's fantasizing about being in, in an office with after the war and, you know, who, who's sort of really desperately trying to, to have her maintain the, the innocence of the original diary. And she's saying, no, 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 I think, I think you need to hear the truth about what, what actually happened to me and what, what I believe now, perhaps. So it's, it's you know, it's definitely a, a, re, a, a reimagining of, of really what, what people know about Anne Frank. You know, I think that that's what drew me to the play initially and what, what I really, when I read the first draft, which is very different to what we have now, it, it just took my breath away because I just couldn't believe that I had not thought more deeply about Anne Frank before. That's incredible. So, Alexis, how did you come upon this this piece? So it's a very cool story. I do like to tell it. So mm-hmm. I was in Australia when COVID hit and I've been in New York a very long time, but I, I still have incredible representation, incredible agents in Australia. And when the pandemic hit, my agents just mobilized and made sure that their clients were buoyant and happy and looked after and connected. And we started to do these Zoom happy hours where we drink wine and, and lament about the horrible state of the industry and we play games and do silly things. But the other thing that they started to do was to introduce their literary clients to their acting clients and organize Zoom play readings just for us to keep active. And so I was introduced to the stupendously talented, incredible Ron Elisha, who is our playwright, because we're represented by the same agent 
in Australia, as I said, and he sent me a, a number of his plays. And this was this was one that the first one of the first that I read. And I just, as I said, it just took my breath away. And we started to kind of, you know, we 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 talked and we worked and we read it for one director and you know got feedback and then he rewrote it. And Ron is incredible. I mean, he, this is a guy that writes a new play. I'm not kidding. Every week or two, I, no, no joke. He works every night from like 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. and just he's incredible. And so he would turn around new drafts and we we worked with a, a few other directors and then I had the opportunity to to submit it to to the to Emerging Artists Theatre. You know, uh, biannual biannual. Does that mean? twice a year or every other year anyway to their festival and you know we we, we had the, the the great honor of being selected and and then I met Amanda and Amanda came on board as as director at that point so we did the stage reading a year ago and from that you know Paul Adams artistic director of emerging artists really loved the show and wanted us to to do it for this so that was the genesis it's, it's about three and a half years you know Ron and I have been working on the play and Amanda and I have been working on it together for getting close well maybe not quite 18 months but somewhere between between 12 and 18 months it's amazing and that's a great way to bring on amanda our director i want to bring you on now and i, I want to know you know now that you've been on the for, for about 10 months as alexis said and you've been a part of this current iteration that's playing at the 28th street theater part of the spark theater festival what has it been like developing this current iteration of and being frank Oh my God. Well, it's been the most incredible, you know, the most incredibly rewarding and challenging, you know, probably on stage experience I've ever had. You know, I've mostly been on stage as, as an actor, but you know, working with Alexis is a dream. She is a director's actor. You can throw her just a nugget and she takes it, a nugget, and turns it into gold. You know, it was interesting just like coming aboard back for the stage reading. I don't know the exact number, but I think Alexis went through maybe six or seven directors, right? Before you happened on me and because the directors turned it down either because they couldn't, just knew that they wouldn't be able to sit with the material or they were worried about the controversy or that could possibly come of it or, you know, what it was too triggering, whatever it was, you know. And I, when I was referred by Kate Tuckerman, um, another incredible actress, and I read it, I was like, bring it on. This is the kind of theater that I love. Uh, if you want to go to, you know, just be entertained, go see 42nd Street, you know? And like, if you want to walk out and you want to scream and you want to rebel and great, like, I want to make you think, I want to make you feel challenged, you know? And like, so, and you know, when we had our, our talk and I was just so glad that Alexis decided to, to work with me on just the stage reading, which was quite, you know, amazing and real a real success and so we were just so amazed now we the development is that when we finished and we were on the high of oh my god we have something even greater than what we realized we just started going ahead and working on it like old school like group theater we're like we don't know what's going to happen but let's just start meeting like once a week or twice a month or three times a month, I meant, 
and just keep working on this. Let's dive into it. Let's talk about our opportunities that we can bring it to, you know, like, uh, you know, audiences and let's start diving in, you know, because there's so much to unpack and it's like any, any piece that you work on, the more one question just leads to more questions and more questions and so many questions left unanswered until we just had this incredible body of questions and what to work on. And, and it was so exciting. We needed spreadsheets and like, we was going to happen. We were like, let's just start working towards it. You know, I want to now ask what is the message or the thought you're hoping that audiences will take away with from seeing and being Frank. Alexis, Um, let me start with you on that. What, what is the thought you're hoping? Oh, look, I'm going to be really honest about this one, which I'm sure is exciting for everybody you know i i'm the grandchild of four holocaust survivors you know anti-semitism is a big problem to say it to say it lightly you know jews and anti-semitism doesn't get as much it's not it's not as it's not it's not very sexy people don't really think about it or talk about it i think although more so now but i guess in all honesty when i read this play i thought gosh i would really like it for people to realize that they have been missing the the true horror and despair and evil that was the holocaust you know i think that i think that as i sort of mentioned earlier and frank is 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 often you know held up as 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 sort of being holocaust education and while of course it is a you know it's a brilliant piece of literature and diary and of course we do learn about you know, horrid suffering during that terrible part of, you know, that terrible time in history, you know, that, that, that story is, 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 you know, the story of her, of her life in hiding was, was, was not as, not, not so horrible. It was horrible, but it was not so horrible. What, what, you know, 6 million people who were murdered went through, including Anne Frank and her family. That's, that's sort of what I think people need to confront sometimes. And I think that, you know, there, there is evil in the world and, there are horrible things that happen and people may not all be good at heart or maybe they are, but the evil part of them, you know, is there too. And people do horrible things to one another. And I think it's important to be, to be, to be shown that sometimes. And, and people have, people have asked us, you know, from, from, from the very beginning of, of the, you know, this play's presentation, you know, why Anne Frank, you know, why not, why not a, you know, given that we are, we are speculating on what happened obviously to Anne Frank in, in, in the final months of her life, once the diary ended, you know, why, why not choose a, why not make up a fictional Holocaust victim, right? And I think the whole point is that the world knows Anne Frank and the world cares about Anne Frank as they should. People don't care about 6 million random Holocaust victims, but we know Anne Frank. And so I think it had to be Anne Frank. It, ha- it has to, this, this play has to confront, to ask you to confront, force you to confront what you believe, what you know, what you accept, you know, about this story. And while I'm certainly not, you know, nihilistic and I don't, you know, think that everybody should be walking around, you know, depressed and thinking about evil all the time, I definitely don't. I think think that in in this case, with this particular story, that our play just hopefully makes people just go, oh, yeah, that's right. And Frank's life didn't end when the diary did. There was stuff that happened to her and not just her, but to millions of others and not just Jews in the Holocaust, but other people that were victims of Nazi 
you know, hate and murder, but not just that, all over the world, across all parts of time happening right now today, there's there's horrible things going on in the world. So, yeah, it sounds like a really depressing piece of theatre and I don't mean it to come off like that, but that's that's sort of, that was my, that's my gut reaction to this piece and it really does have to do with the fact that I, you know, I'm, I'm very connected to, to this history because of my heritage and my, my, my ancestors and so this sort of hits home. That's an incredible right. message, though. That really is. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Amanda, yes. how about you? Yes, I mean, thank you so much, Alexis. I love, I love to hear her because <laughs> we don't always get to, yeah, to to revisit these wonderful conversations. So this is so great, and 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 everything. I mean, obviously, we've been really, you know, it's just been Alexis and me, and then just our stage manager, really, who is incredible part of it, you know. And so it's been incredible, so intimate. The everything that 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 Alexis said, and also like even just like some of the things that with some of the it, it, so far many many people have said that after the play they immediately went online, bought books, learned, wanted to know, thought they knew, thought they knew, and realized you know, and this is highly educated theater, New York theater people. And they didn't know. And they went to continue their education, buying other books, learning about the Holocaust, what really happened. And so for me, that's another thing that has been such, you know, so, so fulfilling. I think also, you know, without giving anything away, there is sexual violence that is in the play. I know. And then, and then, do we know if this happened with Anne Frank? No, we don't know. We'll never know, but we do know that it happened. And, you know, people, survivors, they don't talk about the Holocaust, right? They never did. And then they started to, but women and men too, I'm sure never spoke about sexual violence against women. The shame that they felt and just not even thinking of these things as rape, because if they were trading their bodies for food to greet, you know, for their families or for whatever else they needed, they thought it was their fault. And 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 I went and you know we read many 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 accounts that are more recent. And so I think is like some people you know really don't react well to this, but this is the truth. This is what happened. And we're not here to apologize for anything with this piece. Um, and so I think that that's one of, another thing that's been really, uh, you know, important in that we can, there's very little, there's very few stories about that. And, you know, the, the other thing that I don't know that it does even happen, I always wanted to, but it's just such a, there could be almost a whole nother play written about it is, is that no matter how evil a person is, full on evil, you know, everybody at some point is a human being, like even, even, and it's like our job as actors, like we have to play villains, right? We have to play the most horrible people in the, in the world, but in order to really shed light on these on this people, we have to find some humanity in them. 
and that it's a really, for me, and I'm sure for Alexis as well, like a really, really hard thing to do inside to tr- to go, wow, are you kidding me? I have to find some good in this person and find some humanity. So maybe the audience for a second is like, oh, 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 no, I can't feel that way, you know? And, but even like every Nazi, like no matter how much they resisted, some of them did to no end at some point was a child of God, you know, was a little, a little, a little girl or a little boy who just, you know, felt love. So that's something I, you know, I hope that people walk away with a lot of questions and I hope that people walk away really seeing that they weren't, that they weren't seeing, you know, that, that, that Anne Frank without saying anything like really like, and we're not trying to put the book down and the masterpiece that it was, you know, but it was, it, 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 it doesn't tell the story doesn't tell the whole story and what happens to Anne Frank in our play could very well have happened to everyone and think about and you know people even still like the smartest people I have still we want to talk about it afterwards and question and I say and especially like one of my closest friends was very upset with some of these more triggering things and I said how many accounts have there been found buried in the dirt in the camps? How do you think people got pencils and paper to write these accounts? What do you think that they had to do? <laughs> you know? So I think that people will will question, you know, it's it's like a it's a balance. And of course, you know, I'm a, I'm an optimist. So I do hope that that if people grapple with these questions, that that they grapple you know they grapple I will also say I will also say that 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 another major theme in this play is hope and what what hope is what it represents how it sustains us how it keeps us alive you know so yeah it it, there's this beautiful underpinning of that as well and it becomes clear that you know as long as we as long as we've still got hope then we're actually still alive and still here and still shining in some way and and when we when we lose hope, we've we've lost everything. So that's that's there too. Yeah, it really does have that message, and I feel like there is a moment in the play that is probably one of the most effective. You know, where you could almost hear people go, "Oh, you know, it's just this this incredible human endurance that that happens because of hope. We never give up hoping. Somehow, you know, love that." Just such power, such power, such emotion and and humanity that you're both trying to communicate with us, Pete. So I love that. My final question for this first part of the interview is who do you hope have access to Anne being frank? And Alexis, why don't we start again with you first on this? Well, uh, here I go again. I'm going to be honest again. I hope that the poor people that were surveyed with the question what was Auschwitz and didn't know the answer there was a statistic that came out relatively recently that was some um, I won't say the number because I don't know what it was but some very very high proportion of people of a certain age that 
were unaware of Auschwitz and are unaware of Holocaust history, which to me is is incredibly painful and not not just because of my personal connection, but because I think that this is a time in history that everybody needs to remember so that we can do our best to be vigilant against it, against similar things. So I would hope that people that are perhaps not as up to speed on that time of history would would be able to come but also I think people that that really are up to speed with all of that and, and are connected you know I'd love them to come out and just get this other take and know that there's you know there's that there's that there's interest and value in 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 retelling and Frank's story I mean there was a there was a, a a critic that 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 wrote us a very lovely review but but basically opened with the question you know, is there is there more to know about Anne Frank and the answer was well according to this playwright yes there is and I think that that's true I think that there is there's more to mine and more to understand so I think even if you know even people out there that think they've seen it all before I think will be very surprised and intrigued by by this play so yeah those are my those are my my answers <laughs> yeah. no I love that I think that's great and I also think it's very shocking the statistics that you give. I mean, it's not just shocking, but horrifying. So I love that you not only want to use this show to reach people, but educate them as well. So I love that. Yeah. Amanda, how about you? Who do you hope have access to the show? <laughs> well, of course, I want it to be a vehicle for Alexis, who's absolutely brilliant. And I want her to be you know, look, I, I can't help it. Yeah, now I'm like a Jewish mother. I want her to be, <laughs> I want her talents to, they're recognized always, but I want her career to be elevated and I want the right person to see it and her to be plucked up so we can just continue to be just in the presence of her work and which is just so deep and beautiful and yeah, I want a TV, film, features, big, <laughs> big agent, this editor's office. And I'm always thinking, God, what if it were like, you know, CIA, CIA? My answer, my, my answer is people to learn about the Holocaust that Amanda's answer is casting directors, producers, agents. I love it. <laughs> exactly, right? Hey, I'm it's a great not- spread. Right. <laughs> of course, Ron is multi-award winning, very prolific and well-known well you know, playwright in Australia. And so, of course, I'm really hoping that, the, that that's carried through here in the U.S. I, I can't wait to get the play published. I want to see regional theaters do it. I would love to see like, you know, I would love to see some, you know, junior in high school in you know texas decide that they want to do this play as their assignment instead of writing a stupid essay you know what i mean like and like you can see it like being done and touring and 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 being told not to all audiences not just our our jewish audiences you know and really educating and opening eyes all over switch things up now for our second part of our interview let our listeners pull the curtain back and get to know you a little bit better and i want to start with our usual suspect of a question which is what or who inspires you 
what playwrights, composers, or shows have inspired you in the past or are just some of your favorites? Amanda, can I start with you on that one? Sure, absolutely. My favorites. God, I'm so boring. I mean, Arthur Miller, Tennessee Williams, John Patrick Shanley, and Aaron Sorkin, uh, Shakespeare, and Alia Kazan. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that is a great list. You cannot go wrong with that list. Some of the best writers right there. Click save. There you go. I love from, from all the different, you know, all the different time periods. Yes. Alexis, how about you? I just have one simple answer. Barbara Streisand. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, this is why I love Amanda, because Amanda is a true, like, actors, artist, like lives, breathes, just drinks up everything that is theatre. And I I should be similar. I went to drama school. I, sh- I, I should have a favourite playwright. I've certainly had many, many, many favourite experiences in the theatre, but I don't, the, the, the names of the playwrights that I love don't roll off my tongue like that. So um, that's why I love Amanda. But Barbara Streisand, I will say, I will say, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a musical theatre performer as well. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of her talent, of course, but the tenacity too, which I've, I've read a lot about in, in biographies. I just, I just love that tenacity, which is something that I, you know, wish I had more of and, and sort of able to kind of, I don't know, just go for it in, in, in those sort of ways. So uh, I'm inspired by that. I, I absolutely love that yeah. answer as well. Well, let me ask, what is your favorite part about working in the theater? Alexis, I want to start with you first on that. Oh, this is something I can I can rattle off and talk about for a long time. Gosh, I I love how theater just goes. And what I mean by that is like you can't stop the theater, right? Like you show up and it's, you know, you you put your makeup on and you get in your costume and you do whatever you want to do and then it's the half hour call and then it's the 15 minute call and then it's the 5 minute call and then it's places and you just have to do it. And once it starts, you just got to go and there's no yelling cut and there's no retaking. It's like, you just, you do it. It's live. It's present. You can't go, Oh, you know what? I don't feel like it tonight. Can I take a quick toilet break? It's like, no, you can't. You've got to just go because there's an audience there. There's a, there's a, an immediate exchange of, of, of air, of, of story, of just emotion of everything. It's, it, it's live. I mean, this is my long-winded way of saying I love theater because it's live and it's present and, you know, you try and put it onto a video recording and no, no good theater is, is, is recorded well. Actually, I won't say that. The National Theater recorded very well during COVID. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but basically, you know, like theater is live and that's, that's really what, what I love about it. And I also just love you know, I was just thinking actually today that, you know, that, that, that people should stop sort of saying when someone says, what do you do? Like, I, I should no longer say I'm an actor. I think I'm going to start saying I'm a storyteller because that's really the truth. That's what we do. We're storytellers. And I think that something that I think gets lost maybe in kind of the acting school, you know, time, which I, I, I experienced and loved, but, you know, actors become a little bit self-centered and a little bit just forget that they're not they're not the star of the show. The story is the star of the show. And I just, I just love the fact that we can, that, you know, that as an actor, I have, I have the opportunity as a, as a, as a theater performer to be able to literally tell a story to a group of people every night. So. That is such a wonderful answer though. I love that. 
Amanda, how about you? What is your favorite part about working in the theater? I love the improv. I love the improv. No matter what, every single moment, every single night is an improvisation. And you never know what's going to happen. And it's completely unpredictable. And it takes a life of its own, takes on a life of its own. And it's not, you know, and there's just this incredible collaboration. So I really, really love collaboration between writers, actors, directors, designers, and then your audience, which is our final most important character and how we just riff off each other. And that we do, we do, we get to dive in. You know, I would always say, you know, to like, we call it like the uh, the swamp, you know, like as an actor, when you're in the swamp, when you got the, the blues, you know? <laughs> and I say like, just dive into the world of a great play, the great plays. You dive into the world of the great plays and it's an anecdote. It's the anecdote for the actor blues, you know? And it's, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm such a geek. I love to geek out on, on craft. I love, love to just keep, I'm like constantly in class and just, you know, just like she said, just drinking it all in and curiosity, 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 curiosity and presence. And so what we learn as actors and directors on stage, right? On directing, especially everything just always being curious and as long as we stay curious then it will always always feel improvisational you know and hey who doesn't love to make audiences feel something in themselves recognize something and laugh and cry and just you know share these beautiful stories you know painful too Yes, I love that. We have now arrived at my favorite question to ask us, and that is, what is your favorite theater memory? The, the, the thing that comes to mind is I had, I had graduated drama school and I was, this is back in Australia, and I was, I was you know, desperately sort of trying to land my first job and it, it took what felt like an inordinate amount of time it was only a year, it wasn't really that long. And it turned out that it was, you know, great, a great big musical that I had a wonderful role in and was very, very lucky and very blessed. And it was a very, it was, it was a big deal in Australia. It was a new Australian musical and it had a fantastic cast and there was a lot of buzz and opening night came and it was just, it was, it was just the most thrilling, exciting kind of night of my life, you know, flowers all over the dressing room and everybody excited and everybody buzzing. And it was just a fantastic night and a great party. And then the next night I showed up to work and I remember being on stage in my sort of opening scene and going, uh, like just feeling so deflated and depressed after the height of the night before. But then I had this second thought, which was, oh my gosh, now this is my job. I get to be a working actor. And as kind of as pedestrian in a way that it, that it felt in comparison to that, like the hype and, and like, joy and craziness of the night before it was like wow I'm a working actor and that was probably one of the best feelings that I've ever had on stage wow I love that wow I love that that's so wonderful thank you so much 
Amanda, how about you? What is your favorite theater memory? It's impossible. I mean, I could say it was Streetcar. You know, that was an incredible opportunity. Play Blanche. It was tough. It was it was tough. 14, 14 rehearsals, we put that up. And yeah, it was crazy. But, you know, you're yeah, I always say you're only as good as your writers, you know. And I think what I love about Streetcar so much is that it's it's like the hardest, it's like one of the hardest parts you'll ever play, but also what makes it easier is is Williams gives you everything. He gives you everything you need is in the text, right? So that was a wonderful experience and go on about a million of them. You know, for me, I'm so dissatisfied, you know, so, so perpetually dissatisfied with my, with myself, Alexis is the least neurotic. I always joke with her. I'm mean, she's the least neurotic actor I've ever met in my entire life. I might be the most. <laughs> but Not the most. I will just go back to, you know, the first Broadway show I ever saw when I and and we lived like, you know, like I my parents took us to everything. I was eight years old and I saw I think Sarah Jessica Parker play Annie and Annie. And it was all about at Annie, everybody was ruining their voices with the bad belting and like doing it in schools. And this one was auditioning for it and that and this. And we go to see it. And I fell, I looked at that comedian who was playing this drunk and freeze a bird. And I said, I'm a little girl. Everybody wanted to be Annie. I was like, screw Annie, you know, I want to be that woman, you know? And so then in eighth grade, they did it right. And this is eighth grade. So I can't believe I'm talking about one of my favorites, but there is a point. So we're in eighth grade and nobody wants to audition. It's like when you used to sit in the theater and watch each other audition, you know, and then they call off Miss Hannigan, right. And nobody wanted to audition for it because, and it was like a new musical theater director that they hired. I don't know. Maybe they just didn't want to compete against me or something. I don't really know why. So Miss Hannigan, now I'm behind stage. I told you I'm the Jewish mother. So I'm watching all my friends audition for all the parts. So I'm behind the curtain, like watching everybody's auditions and cheering them on. And then they're like, Miss Hannigan, does anybody else want? All right, then um, it's Amanda Lerner. Even know that she could play a drunk, right? And right on cue, I just and I, I just stepped out behind the curtain. I was like, "Me, drunk?" Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll show ya. And like that, my best experience. My my mother. I'm like mother. I've been in a million plays. I went to conservatory. She still talks about this as being my greatest role ever because I was free. I was kicking my shoes off. I was like unleashed. And so, you know, I think the re the reason why I bring that up, even though I know I'm probably a much better actor today, <laughs> is still, I think it's like this whole journey in conservatory and training, getting your head, you suck, you're this or that, you're sabotage. And I'm still trying to find my way back to that, like lack of self-consciousness, total freedom, just really inside it, you know? So anyway. I love that. What a wonderful memory though. Yes, Miss Hannigan. Miss Hannigan's <laughs> unite. 
Two fabulous memories. Thank you both for sharing those. Wrapping things up, if our listeners want more information about Anne being Frank or about either of you, perhaps they'd like to reach out to you, how can they do that? They can go to Emerging Artists Theatre website, which is www.emergingartiststheatre.org, and you'll find information about Anne being Frank as well as the other two fabulous plays that are playing in rep with ours and to get in touch with me please feel free i'm on instagram as alexis fishman i don't know what whether there's like a dash or an underscore or something in there but you should be able to find me and my website is alexisfishman.com so yeah that's how you get in touch with me and please come see the show come come get tickets tell your friends come see us fabulous yes want to come to the show anytime between well tonight or sunday all the way through september 30th you can show up at the door 20 minutes before a curtain and it's only 20 bucks so that's cool if you want more info on me you can get in touch with me at amanda learner on instagram my website acting website is amanda com. that's a-m-a-n-d-a-b-r-o-o-k-e-l-e-r-n-e-r And I'm also a business coach. I am a career coach guru for actors. Uh, I love to help them get started or come back or take things to the next level. And that's theactorandthebiz.com. Perfect. Well, Alexis, Amanda, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today about this incredible show and sharing all your thoughts. This has been wonderful. So thank you both so much. Thank you, Andrew. You have been amazing, wonderful. From the moment you came on, your smile and eyes just lit up the screen. And I'm so glad I got to do this with my star. Thank you very much. My guests today have been the actress Alexis Fishman and the director Amanda Brooke Lerner, who are part of the show and being Frank, which is playing now through October 29th at the 28th Street Theater, also known as Tada. Tickets and more information are available at emergingartisttheater.org. We also have some contact information for our guests, which we'll be posting on our social media as well as on our episode description. But right now, head to emergingartisttheater.org and get your tickets to see Anne Bean Frank playing now through October 29th. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.